Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. The PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Daniela DeFabio. Welcome to the show. Many Pilates instructors come from movement-based backgrounds such as sport, fitness, yoga, and dance. My personal background is in dance, and aside from teaching Pilates to dancers and other folk, I also teach classical ballet. During some of my ballet classes, I teach a program called My Point, a training method designed to help ballet dancers improve their point work technique. That is the technique used to dance on the tips of their toes. The creator of this program is Vicky Attar. She is internationally recognized for her many achievements and contributions to the field of dance. A professional ballet dancer, most notably revered for her career as a former principal artist of the Australian Ballet, Vicky Attar has worked with the world's leading choreographers, dancers, and dance companies and received numerous scholarships and awards. She was interim director of the Houston Ballet Academy and has assisted in the staging of many ballets and dance productions. Vicky is currently based in Sydney, where she teaches ballet to pre-professional and professional students. She regularly collaborates with dance schools and organisations as an adjudicator and guest teacher. In addition to her successful dance career and the creation of My Point, Vicky also co-produced My Beginner Point with physiotherapist Lisa Howe. The focus of each of these programs is a safe dance practice approach to the instruction of point work that assists teachers in preparing both students who are yet to be on point and those who already are to keep their feet well conditioned. In presenting this podcast, I will explore the relationship between the feet and the lower limbs and the effect these have on the alignment of the body. Albeit from a ballet perspective, there are many correlations between foot conditioning for dancers and foot conditioning in the Pilates method. I hope that some of the principles explained may be transferable to the instruction of Pilates and serve as food for thought for those of us interested in foot alignment, strength and control. Vicky, on behalf of the PAA, I welcome you to this podcast. It is an absolute pleasure and honour to have you here today. Thank you, Daniela. It's so nice of you to invite me. You have had an amazing career as a ballet dancer, a teacher, a mentor, and have worn so many hats in the field of dance. What prompted you to create the My Point training program? To be completely honest, I was a little shocked at the state of point work when I left the ballet company. I didn't make an initial decision to create a point program. It just naturally evolved in the first 10 years of my teaching life. I developed and workshopped my ideas with various full-time students around Sydney until the program was refined. So all the work had been done. I had the students that were able to demonstrate the work beautifully, so I just needed to film it. Point work is so much more than being up and being down. I needed to show how much strengthening was required to make it appear effortless and seamless and also to change the perception that hard shanked shoes are necessary to support the dancer instead of strong feet and developed intrinsics in a softer shoe to showcase articulation. My mantra is you should support your shoes, not your shoes supporting you. That's a great point, Vicky. For those who don't know about point work, 
the shank is like the sole of the shoe. So having that a little harder makes your feet work harder. I remember as a young student, when I first started point work, we had to have hard shoes and we weren't allowed to have a lot of padding in the shoe. Whereas if you've got the soft sole of the shoe or the shank, then your foot looks lovely and arched, but there's not a lot of support in the shoe and your foot therefore doesn't have to work. Now, I often use your My Point DVD during ballet class to strengthen the student's point work and have found the results to be excellent. Having taught in several dance schools, I've noticed a considerable difference in point work technique and performance between students who spend time dedicated to specifically conditioning their feet and those who do not engage in this preparatory work. What are some of the aims and benefits of engaging in your program? Priority one is ensuring safe dance practice. All of the exercises on the DVDs are slow and controlled and they're all performed to a moderate, slow tempo. In my opinion, if you can't do something slowly, you shouldn't be attempting it fast. So preferably point work should not be the last five minutes of class, although I completely understand this is common in most ballet schools. There needs to be specific point classes to support this really difficult aspect of a dancer's technique. Generally, the reason is lack of time, but I run open point classes three times a week with 15 dancers varying in age and ability. I provide everyone their own personalized point program and each of my exercises have stages with degrees of difficulty. So the dancers are doing the same exercise and I elevate them and update their point program. The class runs with exactly the same exercises, exactly the same music, but everybody knows what variation or stage they're up to of the same exercise. And that's similar to how a lot of us work in Pilates classes. If you're doing Pilates in a studio setting or in a clinical setting, classes are quite small. And I often have the same exercise going on, but everybody might be in a modified position. They may have two feet on the foot bar, one foot on the foot bar. They may have an extended leg, a bent leg. They may have a lighter or heavier spring. And from what you've said and from my experience as a Pilates and ballet teacher, personalizing these programs gets you the best results because everybody can work at their own level and make small progressions towards Mm. building strength and a great technique. And by keeping the same exercises as well, you can see the progression. Whereas if I came in and I gave a different class, every point class, I can't really see how much they're changing and how much they're improving. And it gives them a sense of achievement as well. And it allows the ballet school's timetable to schedule one point class that will accommodate a range of dancers, ages and abilities. And that's always the issue. Lisa and I created the Companion Guide for Teachers, which is basically my beginner point in hard copy format. At the back of that book, I created a table which demonstrates all the different stages of each exercise. So I've broken the program down into beginners and then stage one, stage two, stage three, and what they all can be doing at the same time in the class. And that's quite helpful for teachers. That's so lovely, Vicky, because I'm hearing a lot of ways about how you teach that I think are akin to how a lot of Pilates teachers teach. There's a lot of effort as a teacher that needs to get put into the class when you're working that way. It is difficult because you must pay attention to a lot of different people at the same time and give corrections accordingly. To continue... 
From a classical ballet perspective, the placement, alignment and strength of the foot, whether standing, turning, landing from a jump or dancing on point in point shoes, affects how the muscles of the lower limbs engage and consequently the rest of the body. As a Pilates instructor, I'm constantly checking the student's foot alignment during each exercise. Could you talk a little bit about the importance of foot alignment and strength in relation to dancers and how it affects their ability to dance safely with good technique? Correct alignment is the key to dancing injury-free. And it is imperative that this is given full attention, particularly in the younger dancers. This is one of the reasons I proceeded to create the My Beginner Point program alongside Lisa, who is a specialised physiotherapist for dancers. Our program ideally is done for at least six months in flat shoes before even going on point. And this way, the dancer's mind is really free to focus on the new sensation and difficulties of being on point without having to think about remembering exercises correct alignment, muscle awareness, all that groundwork is done. Because just whacking a pair of point shoes on and even doing a rise is so hard without everything in place. That's why we absolutely suggest six months flat shoes, learn the exercises, engage the muscles that you need from the ground up with correct alignment, and then you can manage putting the point shoes on doing the same exercises. The bones of the feet don't fully develop and harden until 13 to 15. So the dancers, they've got to be strong enough to protect the bones before they're fully developed. Beginning point work too early can permanently damage immature bones. Point work done badly is my state of hell. Honestly, it can reduce me to tears. It's not a rush. What's the race? Let's just do it properly. Many people seem to be in a race, though, even if it's in Pilates or with other things in life, it is slow progression. You must have the patience. Everything is done in an increment. It's not this quick fix, Mm -hmm. fast progression. Oh, I couldn't do this yesterday, but wow, today I can all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the world we live in. If I see another quick tips and tricks, no, there's no tips and tricks. It's focus and keep going every day, but doing it right from the very beginning because then we're not having to undo bad habits at the other end. And that's what we started this whole question with, correct alignment from the very beginning because we know how hard it is to get rid of a bad habit. It takes so many repetitions. I am very repetitive in class. I will keep saying the same thing. But that becomes a bit tiring for teachers to have to say that once you give a correction, really, it should be the dancers. It's on them. They've got the correction. It's their responsibility then to correct it. It was interesting that you said from the ground up, because when I used to teach the young children ballet, we would always start with foot and ankle alignment in all the exercises before I would even let them rise. Are you pronating, rolling in? Are you supinating? Mm. Is your big toe coming off? Where's your weight? So one of the first things I look at doing is making sure that their foot alignment is correct because, as you said, and this is applicable to Pilates and why people come to Pilates often, breaking those movement patterns, especially as people get older, is difficult in all students. I think Pilates and dance and other things I have taught along the way. In your My Point DVD, you often refer to no brittle plie which translates to no brittle bending. You also ask your students to maintain soft knees. 
Why do you give these cues? So I love a good plie. And plies and fondues are like our body's brakes and shock absorbers, like a car has brakes and not just an accelerator. Plies and fondues are also the glue for our technique because everything is joined by one of these movements. More often than not, dancers, when they get point shoes on, they'll tend to go short plie releve. In my program, I tend to utilize a whole bar of music to do a plie. So it teaches the dancers to value them. So I either want soft knees in a plie or I want steel knees when the legs are straight. So you'll often hear me say your legs are either bent or straight. There should be nothing in between. Yes, and it's also the cushioning. And that's the same thing I see on a reformer. We have a foot bar, we do footwork, we do all sorts of things. A lot of people snap into the extension. Mm -hmm. Even if it's at speed, it should be a gradual progression into straightening the legs. These things that you're talking about can relate to Pilates exercise very well. Absolutely. There's so much correlation between the two. Whenever I had a ballet that was really jumpy, that would be my training regime, jumping on the Pilates reformer and developing really big jumping, pushing my head through the wall. That's how I developed my jump because it's so good. It's non-weight bearing and, you know, La Filma Garde, Don Quixote particularly. That would be the way I'd get my jump. So I love Pilates for that. You emphasise that students should activate their VMO whilst simultaneously engaging the bottom of glute max right underneath the muscle at the top of the hamstring whilst rising onto their toes. What is the benefit of engaging these muscles simultaneously, not only whilst on point but also whilst on demi-point or even whilst the entire foot is placed on the ground? These muscles are the key and there was much less education when we were dancing. So I didn't know what muscles I was using. I just did it. There was no awareness like that back then. So I never stopped preaching the importance of the VMO on the top of the legs. I've just improved so many leg shapes through the awareness of the VMO, the deep rotators and the adductors. I've had so many legs that the knees can't even touch and through a lot of application really change shapes. But in my opinion, the Magic 3 really improves strength and develop control. I'll never forget the moment I found my VMOs. I know exactly when I found them. It was very late in my career. I was on stage doing the final solo in Stanton Welch's Madam Butterfly and the solo had a lot of fast footwork contrasted with balances. And it was really difficult, but that's when I found them. And I realized, oh, wow, oh, I used that. That's my VMO. And then I just took it from there. But that's exactly how I found them. I think finding these muscles can take some time. And perhaps you can give your input here. Working with the VMO and the bottom of glute max changes the pelvic alignment. If you're working them correctly, and then the glute med as well and piriformis to externally rotate, it can help to change a pelvic alignment like an anterior tilt or a sway back. That's one of the benefits I've found with engaging these muscles. I mean, mostly with that tilt of the pelvis that you're talking about, it's really hard to find the top of the legs. The only way to really engage them properly is when the coccyx is where it should be. Then you find that rotation happens. And there's a lot of great image work, many books and many people that work Mm. with imagery. And one of the things we do as Pilates teachers to give images to develop a good alignment. 
Now, Pilates himself often spoke of control. In fact, the original name he gave to the Pilates method was Contrology. What are your thoughts on the control of the mind, the musculoskeletal system, and the relationship between the two? I love that word, Contrology. It's brilliant. Without getting too scientific about the relationship between the two body systems, every movement we make requires communication between the brain and the muscles. So it all depends on what level of intensity our inner voice has. People are unique. Personalities differ from person to person. Therefore, our inner voices are going to be really different and unique. There is a direct correlation, but it comes from what sort of personality you are and how you talk to yourself. Also, there's a whole theory of multiple intelligences and bodily kinesthetic intelligence is one of these. Having watched different students over the years, Mm. you can clearly see the students that are able to control the body a little easier than those that can't. Now, your career as a principal artist at the Australian Ballet required you to achieve and maintain an elite level of fitness that is extremely demanding. The body (laughs) inevitably gets tired, overused and prone to injury. What kind of conditioning programs did you incorporate into your training to be able to continue performing for so many years? As I mentioned before, I did Pilates twice a week, but other than that, I had no other time. I was blessed with a career that included all of the classics as well as all of the contemporary works. I could perform up to four principal roles a week and was involved in every triple bill every night. For me, it was wake, eat, dance, eat, dance and sleep. It was a really full-on lifestyle, so often I would have to do Pilates instead of class because there was just no other time. I got great results from Pilates, plus I have a scoliosis, and Pilates was the best thing for that. It really was because I could focus a little bit more on the weaker side of my muscle tone, and I had an instructor that really understood my back, so it was probably a way that I kept dancing for as long as I did for the amount of work I did. Dancers can have long careers. Mine wasn't particularly long, but it was intense. It was full on every night of the season and our seasons were long, 20, 21 performances in Sydney on every night virtually. My longevity was probably a little bit lessened due to that and what it did to my body, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. It was amazing. Did you have many injuries as a dancer? I was pretty lucky. I had a lot of tears in my FHL on my left foot because everything mostly is on your left foot, your turns, fuertes, all those things are on your left foot. But I didn't ever take time off for it because I was able to manage it. I would get treatment and I was a bit of a crazy woman. I never wanted to be off the stage. That's just how I was. We were just like that. We wanted more shows. We wanted to be on all the time. So if I ever did get an injury, I would just manage it. But luckily didn't have anything that stopped me completely. And with the scoliosis, did you notice as a dancer, I have a slight scoliosis as well, and I noticed significantly the difference between right and left. Did you experience that as well? Definitely. Arabesque standing on my right leg, it would be literally like a seesaw. Standing on my right with my left leg up had no end. Standing on my left leg with my right leg up, it was the opposite. I mean, it wasn't horrific, but one was so pronounced. Sometimes it's just the asymmetry of the body. We're all asymmetrical. 
I've had a, the pleasure of watching you perform many times when I used to live in Melbourne and more recently observed you teaching here in Adelaide. You are passionate, committed, and your attention to detail and fine motor skills are second to none. I've watched you teach and it's just lovely and inspiring. You can have your head in one direction, but over on the left in the corner, something's going on. You'll pick up on it without even looking at it. And it's quite phenomenal. That's dancing though. We have such attention to detail from dancing. Everything's got to look good from every angle aesthetically. And I apply that to everything in my life. You can't get rid of it. I can't thank you enough for coming on this podcast today. You're an amazing person. On behalf of the PAA, I wish you all the very best. Thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you, Daniela. It's been great to chat with you. Thank you. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. The Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance Members Forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.